0: What's going on everybody, Brennan Schaefer back with you for another episode of b Shafer Daily and boy oh boy do we have a lot to talk about today. What a crazy insane night for the Cardinals, not exactly in a good way, as they fall to the Brewers and when I say fall, I mean like into the fiery pits of Mordor. We're talking like a serious fall as the cardinals lose to milwaukee 18 to 3 and potentially they lose much more than that recording this here in the late morning early afternoon so if we end up getting some news live I'll be able to talk about it but the cardinals are probably going to be making some roster moves today you know maybe for one thing they're going to have to have a 29th man on this wednesday uh, for the doubleheader against the brewers and there could be more than that Because Yadier Molina last night took a swing off the wrist from Ryan Braun. The catcher's interference heard around the world. And he played more in that game. I I still don't understand how that happened. Uh, Reports from Milwaukee indicated that there was a bit of a disagreement between Mike Schilt and Yadier Molina on the field with regard to his status in that game should he stay in. Matt Wieters was evidently ready to go ready to come in for Yachty, and Molina somehow talked himself out of that. Uh, But then Mike Schilt was eventually tossed from the game because later on, when Molina in the sixth inning was having a shouting match with the umpires regarding Nabil Krismath's warm-up pitches, it was Ali Marmal who was out there uh, kind of defending him instead of Mike Schilt. And so, uh, just uh, probably the most insane game I can remember for the Cardinals and I remember saying this last night having dinner I was like it just seems like there's a full moon out today I know it's it's not a full moon I googled it it didn't didn't say full moon but just the weird things going on and then that Cardinal game that just kind of solidified it for me that yesterday should have absolutely been a full moon I we're going to get into some of this you know I, I I was involved in the zoom calls last night With Mike Schilt and Jack Flaherty, you know, there was a line of questioning of, you know, trying to get to the bottom of what the hell happened yesterday. A line of questioning of, do the Cardinals suspect that the Brewers might have been somehow sign-stealing? I know for people who are active on Twitter, you might have seen some of the rumors floating around. The speculation, people putting pictures out where it looks like they've got iPads in the dugout. You know, what's the legality of this? What's going on here? Uh, I mean, there was just a lot of weirdness in that game yesterday. And so it was a question that was asked of Jack Flaherty. Uh, This question asked by Derek Gould asked, do you think the Brewers might have known what pitches you were throwing? Like, could they have known before you threw them? Because Jack Flaherty just did not look like himself last night. You know, he gave up nine runs, three-plus innings of work. It's a career-worst outing for him. Never in his career had he given up more than seven runs in an outing, and I I think in that game, not even all of them were earned. Yesterday, all nine were earned runs. Two home runs, the back-to-back by Yelich and Braun in the first. Flaherty said, you know, I was okay with that. You know, I mislocation, whatever. They put good swings on it. But for him to not be able to get out of some of the later jams that he put himself into was disappointing for him. And he talked about... He, you know, again, back to the question, he said, I don't know. That was the first thing out of his mouth was, you think they knew what you were throwing? I don't know. But that was kind of like him just taking in the question. I don't know. You know, I just got to execute better. That's basically what he said. He said, if you go back and look, you'll probably find that a lot of the pitches that they hit, you know, either mislocation or caught too much of the plate or whatever the case was. So, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't exactly trying to add fuel to that fire necessarily, but he didn't stomp it out either because... He did say, you know, they did hit me pretty good. You know, they seem to be on everything. So kind of left that hanging in the air a little bit. But could that have been, you know, part of what the Cardinals were upset about? I don't know. I have no, I'm not, I have no like information or, or insight to share on the speculation of what might have been going on there at all. You know, so I don't, I don't, I know that like that's a fun topic for Twitter for sure. And I totally understand, especially in the wake of all the Astros stuff last year. But, you know, if I had information on it, I'd share it. But I just feel like throwing out myself to throw out stuff like that, and eh, not really very productive. But I do want to stick into what we do know. And that was the the key at bat between, uh, well, really it was between Rob Kaminsky and Ryan Braun, but really it turned out to be between Ryan Braun and Yadier Molina. Going back to that fifth inning, Rob Kaminsky on the mound. It's a 2-1 pitch. And Mike Schilt mentioned this, and so that kind of spurred me to go back and look at the broadcast last night to figure out what exactly he was talking about. Because Schilt, in an adamant defense of Yadier Molina, I mean, adamant. You can say whatever you will about the disagreement they might have had on the field, but uh, you wouldn't have left last night's Zoom call with anything other than an understanding for how passionate Mike Schilt is about Yadier Molina as a player, person, competitor, you name it. Because he was coming to his defense pretty hard last night. But what Mike Schilt said was trying to explain the situation that took place. And he said, you know, I stared in the dugout. I'll admit to that. I'll cop to that. Because he was upset. Obviously, the franchise catcher getting injured, kind of the the Cardinals team leader. Mike Schilt is, you know, he's a fiery guy and he gets gets his emotions, you know, wears them on his sleeve in the heat of competition. There's no question about that. And so he sees Yadier Molina, the situation. He's just out there, you know. It, it was called catcher's interference. Let's be clear here. That was the call. Yadier Molina is is not supposed to have his glove in a position where it can be contacted by a swing. That's the rule. Yadier Molina knows that. Everybody knows that. But the implication from the Cardinals seemed to. I I mean, you could listen to what Mike Schilt said and read what he said last night. You can read it in my story at KMOV. There's no way around the fact that the implication seemed to be this was not your standard catcher's interference. And it's hard to blame a batter for catcher's interference because obviously the batter gets to go to first base. That's not the way the rule works. But from the Cardinals' perspective, their side of things, you could listen to Mike Schilt, read him yourself. That seemed to be kind of the takeaway, that there was more going on here. And what he said... Was that though he was staring in the dugout, and that might have prompted some of the, the 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 words that came out of the dugout, which sparked the whole thing. And then Jed Jerko comes flying out as Yadi and Schilt come, you know, motioning, moving toward the Brewer dugout where everything kind of took place. And I don't know that it was Craig Council. It looked like it was. If you re- review the video, I believe you know, wearing a hoodie and a mask, kind of hard to tell. But I believe that was Craig Council. That. Was kind of, you know, as from my perspective, if I'm thinking about this the way Schilt described it, I should say, he's looking in the dugout. He admits that he was staring over there while kind of tending to Yachty and seeing how Yachty is. As though, you know, from the Brewer's side, something was happening that shouldn't have been, even though the catcher's interference was on Yachty. But that was that was what Schilt was doing. Obviously, you can understand his position being upset about the injury. Because he doesn't know what the status of his franchise catcher is going to be, but he's looking over into the the dugout, kind of maybe egging things on a little bit, which you know he admitted to staring might have perhaps you know caused it. But then he said he heard an insult, and he believes the insult was levied perhaps at him, which would make sense if he was staring into the dugout and not Yachty. They were whatever was said, which Mike Schilt would not say who said it or what it was that was said. But that was the implication that there was an insult, and Schilt's perspective was that the insult was toward him. And for my money, Craig Council would have been the guy that we're talking about here because they didn't show all of this in the video, but there was a replay on the broadcast that you could see that the guy that looked like Council was kind of waving his arms a little bit, and that was the last really gesticulation you saw from the Brewers' dugout before the whole thing kind of ramped up. And so... To me, that's what it that's what it looked like. It would have been maybe Craig Council v. Mike Schilt, and so after that, all hell kind of breaks loose, and and both guys are kind of going toward the dugout. But you see Jed Jerko come out, and you see uh, another guy. I don't know who the, the the player or if it's a coach, whoever it was, uh, kind of long brown hair, throws his mask on like he's ready to get into the duel. But he's really kind of in a peacekeeping effort too, because Schilt never really gets that close to the individual that he was. Uh, seem to be kind of in the in the debate with, and so Yadi kind of leaning over the railing seems to try to be saying some things in that direction as well. But from Schultz's perspective, why was this catcher's interference such an issue? Because it came from the two one pitch, the two one pitch that Kaminsky threw to Ryan Braun. John Bacon calls it a strike, a little bit low, not a bad pitch, but you can hear this clear as day on the broadcast, and. The only reason, again, I went back to look at this is because Mike Schultz said there was a prior conversation, and, and you know, and I, I, at that point, he's, and he said, I'm sure you probably have gone back to look at that, talking to the media. I'm thinking, no, I haven't, but I will. <laughs> and so at that point, I did, and I see exactly what he's talking about. On the 2-1 pitch, it's a called strike that Ryan Braun disagrees with, and immediately, and you can hear this clear as day on the broadcast, Ryan Braun says, no, 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 no. Or maybe it was four no's. But no, 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 no. You can't call that a strike, man. Like, you can hear it clear as day. And then they kind of zoom in on Ryan Braun, and he points at Yadier Molina. This is the one that I think people were were speculating that, and and not even people. It was Mike Schilt talking about a prior conversation. If there was a prior conversation, this was the thing that was said that was problematic. He points right at Yadier Molina, still talking to the the umpire Bacon, and says, you know, just because he is going to get mad at you doesn't mean you can't call that a strike. Like, basically, the implication, just because Yachty is going to be mad about it, doesn't mean you can bend and call a ball a strike. That's not how this works. That's basically what Ryan Braun said. Anybody who knows Yachty or Molina knows that is not going to go over well. On the broadcast, Danny Mac and Jim Edmonds were kind of talking about it, saying, you know, Danny Mac said, do you think that's part of this? Like, after the brouhaha happens? Edmonds was kind of like, no, no, I think, you know, Ryan didn't mean any disrespect. Ryan didn't have to mean any disrespect, but I disagree with Edmonds on that one because I'm pretty sure that's exactly what what sparked all of this or it at least played a role. And Mike Schultz certainly by bringing up prior conversations uh, during his Zoom last night, seemed to think the same thing. And I don't know exactly how it devolved from there. You don't hear the audio after that of what conversation might have been taking place as that at-bat continues between Braun and Yachty. But when Mike Schult after the game says, it just didn't look good, he says, I'm not saying that Ryan Braun... I, I, he literally said, I want to make something clear. There's no allegation against Ryan Braun. And then he added the word, necessarily. No allegations against Braun. Necessarily. Except for this that I'm about to say. No, he, he was he was trying to make clear there wasn't... It, it's a tough situation. And he even said, Mike Shield even said, this is an awkward situation. Because I'm not trying to say Ryan Braun did anything on purpose. But it just simply didn't look good. And when something doesn't look good, as the manager of the team, it's your responsibility to go out there, and and you know, not make someone pay for it, but like let it be known that hey, this, the, I got, I'm defending my guys here. This can't happen. And so, it's really hard because from the Brewers' perspective, you say, look, it's a catcher's interference, man. Like, what what's the guy going to do? He's swinging. He made. It's not like he didn't make contact with the pitch. And so, like, can you really make an implication that somebody intentionally? swung so as to contact with the catcher's glove. It just doesn't like that like if you stop and think about it, it doesn't make any sense. I don't think Ryan Braun was necessarily doing that. But you also gotta understand Mike Schultz's perspective of that's his role. He's gotta defend his guys. And sometimes that means not necessarily being objectively correct as being someone to to instigate or engage in, you know, kind of a stare-down situation like that. Like that's that's what the situation was on the field and Mike Schultz Admitting that maybe he, you know, by staring in the dugout, kind of stoked the flame a little bit. But from his perspective, it's an emotional moment. Might have just lost his catcher to something that happened immediately after everybody in in both dugouts heard Ryan Braun kind of make reference to Yadier Molina in somewhat of a of a negative way. Not he wasn't calling him out or anything, but he was. But like knowing Yadier Molina, you just can can understand that what Ryan Braun said probably wasn't going to sit well. And so maybe did Yachty have some a little bit of chirping back to him on the subsequent, you know, the subsequent pitch was fouled off. And then the one after that was the one that had catcher's interference. And so could there have been more conversation in there that, that we didn't hear at home or, or on the television broadcast, but that they still could have heard down on the field? Definitely possible, but we, we just don't know what it is. And so it's difficult to speculate, but that is what makes it such a crazy, you know, situation. And now, kind of bringing it full circle as far as, and I can delve into this more. If anybody has questions about this event that I didn't cover, uh, first of all, I would definitely recommend would love for y'all who listen to the podcast and, uh, you know, support me in this way. Would If you'd read my stuff at KMOV, I feel like that would give a pretty good encapsulation of what happened last night. In addition to what you're hearing on the podcast today. Uh, so you can find that at KMOV.com slash sports should be like one of the top stories on the website on the sports section right now. Um, and, and would love to have you do that. But uh, bringing it kind of full circle to talk about what it means for today and moving forward, the Cardinals are they're locked in a battle right now for second place with the Reds and the Brewers, both of those teams behind the Cardinals by a game or less. Uh, in, in Percentage points separating these teams right now because the Cardinals still have more games to play. They haven't all played the same number of games. But they're basically, I mean, it's as darn close as it can get to like a three-way tie for second place. And more likely than not, only one of those teams – those three teams is going to make the postseason unless you know two of them happen to really take off and and finish above 500 and one of them snags one of those wild card spots because two third place teams have an opportunity as well to make that field of eight and we're going to finish the show today by just having a massive rant about how stupid that is and the fact that they might continue that beyond 2020 but first I want to finish up wrap up on the Cardinals current situation by talking about the injuries Yadier Molina, if he's not good to go, they're going to bring up Kisner. That would make sense. But if you got to IL him for 10 days, that brings you to, like, right up to the end of the season. Every, I mean, if he, if he can come back the very day he's eligible, he might only get to play one or two games. Same thing now with Colton Wong. He was scratched yesterday, kind of lost in the shuffle of everything that took place from the lineup. He was supposed to play, then didn't, late scratch. And Mike Schilt kind of pointed to his side area, like kind of the rib cage or over on your side, and you wonder if that's like oblique area when he's talking about the issue with Colton Wong, that would not be good because those injuries can take can take weeks or, or longer. Even if it's just a minor thing, a tweak, and next thing you know, you're out for, for even more time. So that's not good. Uh, Cardinals got to pray that they, I mean, Cardinals fans got to hope that they've been getting some good news on Wong over the last 12 hours or whatever if they've been pursuing that information or when they get to the ballpark today, which is should be right about happening now for this doubleheader. And so we'll see. Obviously, by the time you listen to this, it'll be kind of outdated talking about this injury stuff. So I'm not going to get too much into it. But just to make a prediction, if it's Yachty that's on the IL, you're going to see uh, you're going to see Andrew Kisner, obviously. And they should play him more uh, this time around if that's the case. Uh, from a long perspective, you'll probably see Brad Miller play some second base. You might see Max Schrock. I do believe he was on the taxi squad for this trip. And so as was Andrew Miller to my, to my knowledge. And so that would be an obvious, uh, you know, Guy to take the roster spot. Don't believe Carlson was on the trip, so you wouldn't see him anyway. Uh, not an outfielder that was injured. I know people are always curious about Carlson, uh, but Wong and, and Yachty would not beget a Carlson appearance, I wouldn't think, certainly if he's not on the trip as part of the taxi squad in Milwaukee. So um, that's kind of what you're looking at there. Um, certainly you'll have a 29th man that's a pitcher, I would assume. i not 100% sure even who's starting these games today. Um, but again, by by the time y'all listen, it might already be over. So I'm not going to get too much into it. Um, but we're going to break down the games tomorrow on Thursday, uh, from, from everything that happened on Wednesday. But the point is Cardinals are locked in a battle right now. They played the Brewers seven more times, including the two games on Wednesday. And I I don't even, I don't think they see the Reds anymore, but the Reds are actually ahead of the Brewers in the standings right now. And it's, it's like, like DEFCON five or DEFCON one, whichever one's the worst. I always get it mixed up, but it's not good. Like if the Cardinals the Cardinals have gotta freaking figure it out today, find a way on Wednesday in this doubleheader, and I hate to say it, but you gotta at least split. You can't lose this you cannot get swept in this series. Um, because it goes downhill quick. You then you would then be three games below five hundred, and you wouldn't make the postseason necessarily in a in a in a year where everybody makes the postseason. And okay, let's get into that. Wrapping up the Cardinals talk. Let's get into more general Brendan Schaefer going on a rant here because this is ridiculous. I saw a report on Twitter last night that rob manfred major league baseball likely to extend this 16 team postseason thing beyond 2020 what do you know who could have guessed it i said it back when they started talking about this i said do whatever you want in 2020 it literally doesn't matter we just want baseball at this point you you could have as many stupid ridiculous rules as you want and rob manfred has answered that call he has certainly he's certainly done his his best to uh to call me on that one and, and have as many ridiculous rules as they could muster. Really, it's just the two. It's the the postseason thing and the extra innings thing. The seven inning doubleheader thing. I don't even mind because you you, you just don't want to you don't want to get guys hurt and you don't want to have to to tax pitching staffs more than you need. And so I don't even mind that for 2020. And even if they kept that beyond 2020, it wouldn't be the end of the world to me, it's not my preference, but it wouldn't be nearly as bad as the rule. It sounds like they are going to keep. And that's the 16 team postseason. I've talked about it before, but I'm going to mention it again here. Here's why it's ridiculous. And you could just look at the standings right now to, to be able to articulate my point. If my computer can work quickly enough here, I can, I can be able to pull up the standings and and explain. And and, and if you're familiar with, you know, the way baseball has been going this year, you probably already have an idea of what I'm, what I'm going to get into. But you've got the Braves, Cubs, Dodgers, all real good teams as far as their record is concerned. So they're good. They're winning their divisions. That's great. Second place teams, uh, 22, uh, pardon me, Marlins are 24 and 22, barely above 500. That's okay. You sometimes get teams sneaking in the wild card like that. NL Central, Cardinals are below 500. NL West, Padres, really good team. They're right on on the heels of the Dodgers. So the Padres would make the postseason in a regular season, and that would be totally justifiable. They're a World Series contender. But then beyond that, you you right now are going to have, if the season ended today, the Cardinals would be in the postseason below 500 record. The Marlins would be in with one game above 500 record. And the Phillies would also be in with a one game above 500 record. The Giants would miss it by a game at a game below 500. The Rockies would miss it by two games. Like everybody's involved in the postseason. I guess that's exciting, but you know who it's not exciting for? Like the Dodgers, the Braves the Cubs, the teams that are actually going out there and earning it on the field because they get no advantage whatsoever. It totally disincentivizes teams from trying to be great. They will gladly allow you to enter the playoffs if you're mediocre. And in my opinion, owners and, and team executives will take full advantage of that. And they won't have, it won't be good for player salaries. I can't imagine how it would be unless they can really make an agreement where they say, I mean, you almost would have to have a, a, a salad, not a cap, but a floor, for, for team salaries, because if they say, look, you're getting all this extra revenue because it's more postseason games. So you, you got to, you know, th- th- that's going to be a CBA thing. I feel like it's going to be a nightmare. I hope they can solve it. But I just think it's ridiculous that as the if you're the bona fide best team in the league, you've got the same chance of, of being out of the playoffs in two games as does anyone, as does a team who comes in with a below 500 record. Because what if that team with a below 500 record has – two stud starting pitchers atop their rotation, and they happen to get the best team in the league on that day. I mean, that's the way it's going to be set up. That's going to be fair game. And how many times will it happen? Is it much ado about nothing? Maybe, but I just don't like the the sense that it could happen, and I'm sure you'll see plenty of it, and people say, oh, it's parody, it's exciting. To me, it's bad for the game because uh, it used to be in baseball, and this was before my time, so I'm not going to wax poetic too much about it, but I know that the, the older generations talk about, you know, it used to be World Series all there was, if you really go back to, like, Grandpa's generation. And then you go back to, like, my dad's generation. There was no LDS. You're talking about, you, you know, you'd have the LCS. You know, that would be it. Both leagues, four teams make the playoffs. You have a chance to win your win your league, and then you win that pennant and you go to the World Series. And then you expand beyond that to eight teams, which I think is was, was good, and I think I, I still think even 10 is really good. I love the way they have it set up right now. I don't care that, well, what if one team, they only they work all year and then they only get to play one game and they lose the wild card. So what? Win your division. Win your division. And now they're not going to have that. That is not going to be an incentive anymore because there's absolutely no reason to try to win your division if 16 teams make the playoffs. That's what's so great about the way they currently have it because you do have to play a full season and potentially risk only getting to play one game. But there's a way to solve that win more games that's the way to solve that you could win infinite games in this new scenario and still it comes down to a three-game series now maybe for the future they'll change it to a five game series if they've got more time I don't know how they'll do that maybe one way they do that is by like I mentioned going to schedule seven inning doubleheaders. like if you scheduled one a month gave players a little bit of extra off days but it also allowed you to get more games in quicker and it would allow you to perhaps take a week off the last off the off the schedule at the end, and that way you can start the playoffs a little sooner. If you're going to have more rounds, you still don't go into November. Everybody wins. That might be the way to accomplish that. But I, it doesn't matter. I don't think it's something worth accomplishing, be, because it boils down to what are the great teams? What is their incentive to be great? What is the incentive for a front office? to build that great team as opposed to, well, well, let's just get in the playoffs. Because Cardinals fans have accused the Cardinals of this for years, and I, I, I haven't agreed with it. That the, the thought process was, oh, just win a wild card, just be, ma- build a roster good enough that you can make the wild card, and from there anything can happen. I don't think that's always been the Cardinals' goal. You can only do so much. You're only going to spend so much. I get it. They could spend more. I don't disagree with that. But I don't think ever they sat down and said, all right, guys. How can we build a wild card contender this year? That's not what they do. That's like no, that's nobody's end goal. In 2021, if they keep this up, that could be everybody's end goal. Why would you try to do any more? Why, as, as an owner, why would you clear you know a willingness to spend more than that if if you get into the party with the same level footing as everybody else by winning 80 games instead of 105 games? That's it's just it's just asinine. I don't understand. I mean, I understand it's money. That's why they would do it. But it's a bad, bad decision if they do it. And I'm not going to change my mind on this. I would be shocked if I if I come around on this. Uh, you know, even if this postseason is really exciting and everything, I just don't like what it stands for. To say that, you know, great great teams are not. There's no incentive to be great in the regular season. And there's and sure, teams are still going to have to build to actually win the World Series. You're not going to. You know, rarely are you going to win the World Series is an eighty win team if you're not if you don't have some quality players. Like you're you're gonna be bounced in the postseason. That's what often happens in the NBA. But I feel like baseball is not as much like the NBA. in baseball, you can have pitchers that that get hot. You can have hitters that go on a tear and you know, especially on the pitching side, you can have starting pitchers that carry things. You can have a lockdown bullpen suddenly that clicks come October and it changes. and you're you're totally a different club than you were from a team that only won eighty and snuck into the postseason. and the NBA, Over the course of a seven-game series, more times than not, the elite teams are going to win. Rarely do you see an eight-seed in a conference make the final. And and I'm not a big NBA guy, and so I couldn't tell you the last time it happened. But I do realize that most of the time, it's the one seed that knocks out the eight in four or five games, and that's it. Then you you move on to the the actual postseason rounds. The other problem with the NBA, regular season doesn't mean anything. Baseball's regular season is six months. I don't think... It should be any less. If you went to 154, okay, fine. But if you like totally change the structure of baseball to, to, to cater to this new playoff format, and now you're playing 130 games or just something stupid like that, I would not be in favor of that. 154, I wouldn't be in favor of it, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. It wouldn't be the end of the world. But the whole point of a baseball season is a marathon. And if you're going to make it to where it really just doesn't matter, 16 of the 30 clubs are going to make the postseason. I think that is a massive mistake, and it does an injustice to the marathon nature of a baseball season. Nobody cares about regular season NBA as far as, like, like I play fantasy NBA. That's fun. But be honest. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter because you kind of know who the teams are going to be, and you've got to wait till the postseason, the playoffs, to see them settle it. You know the the team that squeaks in as the eight seed, they're not gonna they're not gonna make any noise. Hockey a little bit different, but I think it's a different kind of sport. There there is more parity in that in that sport, and and that's why you do see eight seeds occasionally make a run and win a cup. That can happen. It's not gonna happen in basketball, but I think baseball has more of that kind of parity compared to hockey. And in hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs is just I mean it's fantastic. I wouldn't change a thing about it. But baseball, I would already say the same thing. And so I don't like the idea of more series, you know, more baseball is always great, but I just don't think this is the right way to do it. I don't. You could expand the playoffs. I wouldn't, you know, I get it that there's money involved here. So I was resigned to the fact that you'd expand to 12 or 14 teams. I think 16 is a massive mistake because 16 is an even bracket. 16, 8, 4, 2. That means nobody gets a bye. You have got to give the best teams a bye round in baseball to continue to incentivize those teams to to strive to be the best when they're building in the offseason and at the trade deadline and it you know in, in their moves and the moves that they make with the front office that the ownership can decide upon. That's my that's my view. I hate it. I, I don't like the idea of a sixteen team playoff. I'm never going to stop watching baseball or you know wanting to cover baseball but I, I'm not a fan of this if it continues to be the case as was reported that I saw on Twitter Uh, earlier on Wednesday. So that's my rant. I'm going to wrap things up here for today, though. would love to have you subscribe to the podcast if you've not done so already. Be shape Daily is the name. You can find it at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, many, many more places. And I actually did two episodes of the show yesterday. If you're into fantasy football, and I'm going to plug it just a little bit uh, during my Cardinals episodes to kind of get people knowing what I'm about, I'm going to be doing fantasy football episodes, too, on the same feed. Um, If you're a Cardinal fan that doesn't care about fantasy football, I'm asking you to just bear with me and just don't click on those episodes if you don't like them. It's really, really convenient for me to be able to put them in the same spot so that I don't have to, you know, send out a whole new thing to to other people and people can subscribe to the show and listen to what they want. Um, if you're a Cardinal fan, I'd really appreciate it. Even if you don't care about fantasy football, just kind of it'll be in the title that it's about fantasy football. Y'all don't even have to click on those. You know I'm still going to be here for Cardinals episodes, though. Um, that's my bread and butter, and so would love to be able to have you along for the ride. For anything that you're interested in hearing me talk about, uh i i I sincerely do appreciate y'all who do listen um as for social media you can find me at bshafer 12 on twitter instagram don't really use instagram but you know you can still find me there uh and uh, on facebook as well facebook.com slash bshafer 12 what i want to see happen this week somebody send me a voice message again i love it when y'all do that anchor.fm slash bshafer 12 give me something you want to hear me talk about you know, sound off with a hot take, a question, whatever you got. It can be about anything. If it's about fantasy football, great. I'll use it for that episode. If it's about baseball, great. I'll use it for, you know, Cardinals episode. And we'll keep keep the show rolling. Cardinals got a lot of work to do on Wednesday. We'll see if they're able to accomplish anything and talk to you again on Thursday. Thanks, everybody.